I say, oh, get closure, closure helps. You feel like I just need to talk to this person. I just want to understand like what was their mindset during this time. And there is nothing they can tell you that will make you feel better. I will just say that. Um, in fact, in my instance, it made me feel a lot worse. Hi, my name is Chanel. Hi, everyone. My name is Ashley. Welcome to Soothing Her, the podcast, a transformative journey through the art of healing. Yes, yeah, so we're going to be tackling the many facets of healing, the power of resilience, sharing personal stories, and welcoming expert insights. Truly, this is Soothing Her, the podcast. This is Soothing Her. Hi, Soothing Her community. Thank you for joining us for yet another episode, actually part two of our last episode, Where Do Broken Hearts Go? I am your co-host, Chanel, and I'm here with my beautiful co-host, Ashley. Hello, everyone. It's your girl, Ash. What is going on? What's good? <laughs> well, the hearts that we are healing, I hope. I yeah. think, yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> um, we're continuing the conversation on this subject. And yes, we are doing a part two because we have to do a part two. That previous episode was so enlightening, so relieving, so hard to even get through. And you might have heard us both got teary. I choked up because it's, again, we're relieving tough conversations and we want to go there because we want to be able to show up as better individuals. So on this episode, with continuing the conversation, we're going to be talking about navigating the healing process post the heartbreak, sharing our personal coping mechanisms. Ashley has shared a few great ones in our last episode. And of course, the importance of how do we navigate our life, rebuilding and moving forward in there, showing up with you know, strength and resilience post that heartbreak situation. Finding closure. How do we learn from that? How? What have we taken away from that experience and embracing it? And as we conclude every beautiful episode on here is how will we be soothing her um, this week? And then we're kind of going to do another card from the deck of We're Not Really Strangers mm -hmm. and journal about it for that last week um when we closed off last episode my card read imagine you're talking to your ex finish the statement i am sorry for blank and i didn't have much time to ponder because we're recording back to back <laughs> but i have thought about that for so many years and my story is a little more older than Ashley's. So let's go back to the year circa, as the new gen says it, really? 2012. <laughs> no? What do they say now? I, I don't know. I, no, I'm, I'm, a, we are millennials, so I don't know what, I don't know what that means. Oh, <laughs> but like, really? What? Like the year, okay, that, that means like back to the year 2012. What did you say, circa? Yeah. 
Sorry, I can be a little like slow sometimes. No, <laughs> no, I would just say back to 2012. <laughs> okay, fine. Let's go back to the year. Oh, girl, keep no. it's okay. <laughs> uh, don't mind me. Like I'm just the... like, wait, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's go back to the year 2012 and. I won't keep this episode too long. Well, maybe I will, but we're going to go back a few more years. So I'm in my beautiful little Caribbean island country of Dominica. I'm leaving life and I have just started a media company with my sister, my cousin, and a friend of my sister's from college. And just a few months before I was coming off the high of participating in that year's Miss Dominica pageant, like the equivalent of Miss America. And I was just in my beautiful confidence zone and I'm feeling unstoppable and nothing can touch me, just feeling invincible. And I met this charismatic young man. And even before that, let me even go back a little bit of history. Because in our last episode, you guys remember our conversation, we were talking about old relationships. How do we start dating? Were they healthy? What did this teach us about love? You know, back to the fundamental foundations of our heart space. There was one common theme, like the guy that I liked, though he was good and with me trying to, I guess, without thinking of it, just absentmindedly, wanting to chase the next good guy that was gonna come into my life i felt like i wasn't good enough but then i just saw myself being with somebody that was going to really be a stand-up person in society family somebody that was going to go places with me like we could put our ambitions together and we could accomplish great beautiful things together so i was in a sense not looking after that um i would say after the miss dominica pageant happened i was really in the dark space me not winning like i really wanted that because one of the rewards for winning the title is that you get to be an ambassador for the country you get to represent the country at the different other pageants in the caribbean region and you get a scholarship award and i wanted to go to medical school so i really wanted that scholarship and i just felt like my dreams and my goals just crashed before my eyes and i could not figure out a way around that things were up and up at this point in time so we started the media company we called it access dominica which was to really showcase the country to locals let them know what's happening on island like revolutionize the social media space for the island itself like really market the island to locals and international well all the regional countries so we are at a pre-event for the world career music festival artists of days like a pre-show kind of and our company was um tasked with some of the roles of doing interviews for some of the artists and individuals who come down to island for that event so we got there. I had funny, I had done a modeling show just a few minutes before that event over there. So I'm rushing into the event to get ready. My sister and them are there. They set up, they've gotten other things going on already. I'm rushing in. And then I'm walking over to them. And then this tall, beautiful devil steps in front of me. <laughs> and, and he introduces himself. Like, are you not going to say goodnight? And I'm short. I am 5'4". I look up at him and I'm thinking, um, can he, excuse me, man, like, get out of my way, please. 
this is uh, hundreds of people here. Who are you that I would just say hi to you? Like, I'm, I'm rushing by. Like, he just smiled and he said, I'm trying to get to know you. And he said, you literally just saw me walking by. Like, you had no time to process anything about me. You just looked at me and you want to say hello. I said, excuse me. Nice meeting you. Thank you very much. And I walked off. So this handsome person, well, at that time I said handsome devil. So let's get this correct. Um, ends up being... Okay, Ashley's laughing, so I should probably rephrase that. <laughs> <laughs> this, just say this, soul. just say this man. <laughs> this beautiful soul of past experiences eventually became my husband. My husband of seven years. So we met, we courted for a few months, and he gave oh, How me old were you there? I was 21 when we met. Okay, I was 22 when we got married. Yes. So very young and again, so fresh. Like this was my first legit in adulthood boyfriend, boyfriend. So again, I wanted to give all that long story because it kind of brings how that happened and how there was so much history behind that. So again, he is, he wasn't living in Dominica at that time. So let me add that context. And we courted through that period of time. Like, and even before he left, um, we wanted to take their, I was so young and naive, God, like five, four weeks meeting a man and he asked me to be his girlfriend and you're like, yay, yes. Okay. He gave me an ultimatum as we came into the new year that is either I moved to the US or we were done. So again, I was 22 at that time. He was older than me. I decided, you know what? This is my man. That's the man I want. I'm going to make that move for him. I'm going to be there. So at first, I quit my company. I didn't tell my, my sister, of course, knew what the plan was. But goodness, like I resigned from my job. I gave up all my things. Young and naive, and you want to feel like you're everything to somebody. So I was like, I'm abandoning everything. I'm moving for my man. So I moved here to the U.S. And immediately went from the cool breeze of the Dominican water to a hot pot. Like, it was unhealthy from the onset of me moving here. It was not pleasant. I immediately put myself into an involuntary psychotherapic marriage because I was a release of that person's traumatic past experiences. I was that thing that they could hide from the world and pass that on to. And I didn't understand it in the beginning. I would call my mom and I would just cry. And she was like, come back home, Sal. Come back home. You know, we love you. You have a place here. Come back home. But I was just so ashamed of the decision I had made to leave my homeland, to come here, marry somebody that was essentially a stranger because we got married six months after we met. How did he propose and did you all have like a actual wedding or like, I didn't try to understand like just, you know, when you were, okay, we're well, going back for a second. Like when you were 21, 22, like when you met this person and deciding that you wanted to move all the way across the world to the U.S. to be with him. Like, what was your mindset during that? I know you said, I'm moving from my man. I'm doing everything from my man. Like, was that, 
you're saying like at that time like that's what you thought being married and being in love like meant yeah definitely definitely it was i was being a child and maybe i there was something that i was missing and i wanted in my life but I felt like this person was not my duty to serve. Like knowing that I was for so long preparing myself to be somebody's wife, it felt like this was my husband. So now this is my lifelong attachment. So for me, it just felt like this was the next step. This is what our relationship was based on and of course i even questioned while we were back home like is this healthy but i felt like i had given a huge sacrificial part of me to this person that i could not go back all culture tradition that yeah. stuck in my mind that that was not going to be a person so i i had to make it work so he even before i moved here i knew the intentions he had for us like he told me you come here we're going to get married we're going to get you know involved in my life and this is how life is going to proceed and this is going to be what life is for us Mm -hmm. so he asked my parents before i so i knew he was going to propose i knew that was the next step for us he asked my parents before i moved here that was okay with them and they nervously gave their consent they felt like it was clearly too soon and they did not know this man and the daughter is moving to a whole other continent miles away from their protection from their forgiving eyes and from their love and it was scary for them but they trusted the woman that they had raised to make the right decision and they let me go live my life again i was 22 at that time i was doing my own thing working and paying my own bills that was their criteria you gotta be paying your own bills to be in love Mm -hmm. so i had met those requirements and i thought okay well now it's time to fulfill the duty of what i was raised for in essence so Anyway, we went on to spend seven beautiful but chaotic years together. And I would say beautiful in the sense that we both grew. I grew tremendously. Um, I was able to experience a different aspect of life and culture in a different country that I would not have grown this immensely being in the same environment of Dominica. So for this, I'm, I'm forever grateful. So on my card, again, imagine you're talking to your ex. Finish the statement. I am sorry for failing you. I'm sorry for not loving you harder and understanding your past and your pain and knowing how to help you cope through that. I'm sorry. Because... Again, being that release for him, we experience so many traumatic moments where I felt isolated, I felt unworthy, I felt unloved, and questioned my worth, my value, who I am, where am I going, what's the next step for my life, do I stay, do I go? and eventually became too much so after seven years we decided mutually to pat weight it wasn't as traumatic for me because i believe i started experiencing and processing the trauma 
while I was married from the early days and maybe right at the third year of our marriage, I had checked out emotionally. So the last four years gave me time to grieve, to be angry, to be in the bargaining stages because, I mean, at the third year you checked out, you're married for another four years. I'm here fighting. We, I did therapy on my own for a whole year. He did not want to come at all. And then on the last few months, I we did therapy together. And at one of our sessions, he walked out and he just said, he's done. And I was like, thank you. I said, um, doctor, do you see that? He's done. I'm done. He walked out. Thank you very much. And um, that was it. Um, the next few weeks, we went on to just file divorce papers. And now it became the process of telling everybody in our lives that we had come to that decision. And even the beautiful community that we had built in our neighborhood, they were they were mature enough to not take sides. They pretended that they did not even know what was going on and embraced us both and they loved us both. But for me, it wasn't as strong because I spent so many nights just crying, like just going into the shower, into the bathroom and crying, calling my mom and crying, talking to my sisters and crying, talking to my friend and crying. And through that process, it's like Moses in the wilderness. Like I had to go through that seven years because I would not have been the person I am today. Being engulfed in somebody else's pain and their suffering that they felt so intensely that they had no sensibility of how to be a better person, how to lead as a husband, how to be there from some, for somebody who'd left their land, who'd left their family, who'd left everything to be there for, for them. And that was my question of how could you treat me that way? Like I had left everything to be here with you and for you. And while you might think that you have done me a great service, you have done me a great disservice because you are destroying the element of the person that I am. But through that four years, like I was getting back, like spent a lot of time, you know, with myself. I was running. I got back into the gym more. I would say more forcefully, spending more time getting to know myself and healing through that process. I just knew that that season of my life had an expiration date. I just did not know when. So I was just preparing myself to disembark from that train in a healthy way. So it got for me a confirmation that this person is really not who was meant for you. And still grieving that because I wanted it to work so badly. But we were at different points in our lives that we just could not be there for each other. I just want to say thank you so much for sharing that. And I can only imagine that because it's happened so year so long ago. And I know that you mentioned that just hearing like my own experiences too, like it are the ways that we have healed from these experiences are completely different but still like even having the courage and to be vulnerable like thank you thank you for creating the space and the friendship to share that yeah it's like during that experience like what would you say were your coping mechanisms that you first started out doing and then growing into like healthy ones i know you mentioned there were periods where 
you were like you know crying to your mom and crying to your friends and and it's like almost like you're hiding Mm -hmm. I was crying for help because again I was here in the U.S. on my own my siblings are not around me my parents are not around me I'm new here so I don't have a good support I don't have a strong community around me so I was crying for help essentially and I felt embraced by some i felt neglected by others and which is quite fine you know what we can't expect everybody to take an open but again that was me being my youthful mindset and my naivety that somebody is going to want to help me because i would want to help somebody as well we can't always always expect that but i had this one beautiful friend she embraced me to the core and she took me to church with her this woman I remember one time talking to her and she had me in her bedroom, like on my knees, like Chanel, just go to God right now. And that was my first time speaking in tongues. Mm. And I just felt so relieved. Like I just couldn't understand because I spent the longest phase of trying to understand why me, why was this happening? I had done the right thing. I had waited for the husband. I had prepared myself. I you would have thought that somebody who was getting that kind of person in life would value that person so much. And I was just so broken to find out like everything I had done was for nothing. All the waiting I had done was essentially for nothing. And then the way that the person was not even just one time treating me was continuously treating me. It was almost like totally invisible to them. So when somebody that you want to see you so much just treats you so with such invisibility, it kind of just eliminates you from your own self because you feel like the person you really want to see isn't seeing you. So there's really nothing here for anybody to see. So you yourself don't even become, you don't even see anything because that person's vision of you is, is what you see. So all the bad things that they were telling me was really a question. Am I really that person? Am I really this person? And these are the words that you know sell to yourself and you really start to believe. So the community of people, like just falling back and questioning myself, the strong reminders of God is here, God is present. So I would definitely, you know, spend that time in church when I would go to church with my friend Mm -hmm. and spend a lot of time by myself, spend a lot of time volunteering, which would, this would help me forget what I was going through at the time, getting lost there in that in that moment. Yeah, I think it's um again we it's, it is important to develop like healthy coping mechanisms, especially going through something as traumatic as that, because it is really easy for you when you're already feel so low, you're already at your breaking point to just want to indulge in other things like drugs, alcohol, yeah. whatever you can to essentially numb your pain i know for me that was what there i there were periods of times where i did wanted to feel numb and so i would you know take an extra like anxiety pill just to really like feel calm because my after experiencing something like as traumatic as i did like my body was just so much in fight or flight mode i did not know how to relax like it was really hard for me to like relax like I didn't know every time I went to the doctors like your heart rate is so high and I'm like and I have to explain to them like this is what I just went through it's been fresh like I I promise you like I don't feel like I'm you know like mm-hmm. having uh I don't feel any 
pressure or I feel pressure, but I don't feel any like like crazy like pain that no people that have high blood pressure would normally experience or any other symptoms of people that do have high blood pressure and all that like no like she's like okay it's just anxiety i'm like yes it is it's anxiety i know i i had my moments goodness like i remember when we we lived in one particular house that every time i heard the garage door go up i knew he was home and i was going to panic attack panic mode like my heart just started racing it okay all right okay okay and then the other thing i would sleep a lot like i would go to bed later than him because i didn't want to deal with him i would get up later than him so again there was limited time for interaction and time for conflict i just saw every awakening moment as conflict and chaos and i went numb in those moments like i wasn't seeing the right thing i wasn't doing the right thing i was literally physically like shaking and for me like sleeping that time away was depression like coming to realize it years later it was i was in a consistent depression even now i noticed that it still lingered that's one of the things that has lingered with me through the years and it has been three years since that divorce but it was just it was something that my body knew and even though i as i said i went through that the stages of grief and 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 healing myself not it wasn't healing to be quite honest but detaching myself and knowing that this was over while i was in it meant that i wasn't after a period of time doing professional therapy on my own so i felt oh i'm fine like i i went to therapy before while we were together um and i walked out unscathed and I'm good. Like, I'm not crazy. I am not crazy. I have my senses. But when you are now starting to assimilate back into life and dating again, you realize that there are certain things you haven't thought about. You have not really, you have hidden away. You didn't want to deal with. And you now have to really bring it up so that that doesn't affect you and the person that you're choosing to date moving forward. Implemented self-care seeking seeking support from family from friends and just ensuring that i was thinking of doing the work even though i wasn't really like professionally doing it yeah and those i mean i guess essentially you know every, like we mentioned before like everyone is so different and a lot of the things that we are saying when it comes to finding like healthy coping mechanisms such as like therapy and getting exercise and getting that help that you need and leaning in your support system like of course it is easier said than done and we definitely want to acknowledge that and as well um when you are going through these traumatic traumatic experiences and like it your body has to essentially teach itself how to be normal again absolutely you have to figure out how to go back to that time where before that experience happened before you met that person and it it is really really difficult you know i definitely want to again acknowledge that part too and so when you are going through this and i know you touched on it earlier where you had those thoughts like why me why is this um why is this happening to me especially when you've 
you mentioned earlier that you prepared yourself, you know, you thought that you did the right thing and you did, you know, essentially if we're, you know, for if you are looking at it from like a biblical standpoint, you did save yourself and preserve yourself for someone who you were married to, you know, and that shouldn't be taken away from that because of your experience. Yeah. Like, that's even something to this day, like, a lot of people even have struggles with. Like, that's why people are going on abstinent journeys and being celibate and all that, because they, too, wish and want to go through that experience of, like, what does it feel like to prepare myself for somebody that God has for me? Absolutely. You know, so I don't want you to, like, take that and say, like, what was this all for? You built the mental strength and the self-discipline to do that, especially at... 21 22 you're in the height of everybody yeah something from you yeah just and you're young like who i don't (laughs) like you know just again like when you have these negative thoughts and we and how do you get past it by having grace giving yourself grace get being kind to yourself like it is it is okay to have those negative thoughts those negative thoughts are normal I too had those thoughts again. I I didn't essentially ask why me. I for me in the essence of like being cheated on, it was more so in the beginning stages like what was it about the other person that made you want to risk everything that we were building? Yes. What was it about this person that caused you to lie? That caused you to be deceitful? That you knew how much pain it would cause me if I found out what you were doing like behind my back for two years. And then what was it about this other person that again allowed you to justify that to yourself? That you can go out and do this and come home and sleep in the same bed and kiss me, be intimate with me after whatever you had just done. Like I ha- I too had those thoughts. To this day, some I, I find myself having those flashbacks and triggers. But again, how do I get past it is by giving myself that grace, like acknowledging, sitting with those feelings, saying it's okay to think, to think because the more you try to push it away, it doesn't help. You know, my, one of my, in one of my therapy sessions, she mentioned it is normal to have these thoughts. Think about them. Let them flow through you because eventually you're not going to think about them again. Yeah. Eventually, whatever you have been cheated on you know that other person in your head is you're not you're going to forget about them eventually and but it is with time you know it comes with time i remember i have a cousin that i would call so often through this and i would cry and vent to her and she would she was so mature she would laugh at the situation on the phone and say chanel i understand what you're going through but i'm laughing because this is where i want you to get to one day you're yeah. going to look back and you're going to laugh about this but just think of that future you and how happy you're going to be and man i will tell you i kind of did believe her but i did not really believe her because while i knew that it's like a disbelief be, yeah there was going to be an end to it it's almost like there's not going to be an end to this like how do you even get over something so monumental as that in your life? You took everything from you and you still have the guts. It was intended to knock you down. But you had the guts to stand up and face that person and say, you're not going to do that to me. 
that strength, man, goodness, that resilience, like when you said earlier, the thing, one of the three things that you're so proud of for yourself, other than your physical beauty is just that strength, that resilience, because it takes a lot. Some of these things will knock you to the brink of absolution, but there is so much strength in that heart of yours to know that you are a person that belongs to and that person and their violence and their attitude towards you should not overshadow the beautiful purpose that's intended for you on this earth and that was one of the motivating points for me was i know i'm a good person i know how i show up i know how other people see me and you are forcing me to act out of character and I did. Like I am not in ab complete absolution from my role in that relationship, in that marriage, and, and how I showed up. And, and that's why I stayed year after year. Was I okay? I'm gonna try this to be a better wife. How do I show up as a better wife, time and time again? And when it was, you know what? You've given all the cards on the table. You've done it. Like there is nothing else to give. Like you've given it. And that was one of the things. Like I did not want to leave in regret that I did not try everything that i could so when it was chanel like the deck is empty there is nothing else to pull from it's time to your hands are bloody it's bleeding your heart is sore you're wounded you're tired you're exhausted you're losing yourself you're devaluing your morals it's time to walk away because there was something else that i had to give my season for this was done and it was drained and the new energy that needed to come into my life was for something else but for me for that to have come, I needed to let go of that. And it took growth to definitely recognize that time frame. Right. And during this time, we also want to touch on the importance of self-care, seeking support, and re-emphasizing the value of time and healing. And during your experience, how did you know when it was time for you to reach out for help? And how has that helped you and how is that helping you now before Doreen, we can go maybe a little bit of both before i wanted to save my marriage i just felt something was wrong and i had a few my mom mentioned once i had a, one of my close friends again mentioned have you guys tried therapy while he was from dominica he grew up here in the u.s essentially for many years he was here so he was already assimilated in the culture so there were different expectations different things that he was accustomed to that he expected from me to fulfill whereas i'm coming from the dominican culture with the different mindset and definitely a different expectation as well because even though again he was more mature than me i had my own expectations of what i wanted in a husband and how i wanted to be treated and how i envisioned that life and it was so far from it so when it was feeling in that arena i said to myself okay there's somebody that i need to talk to i need to get some support i need somebody to just hear us and and be a mediator like you are in a boxing match you're fighting each other there needs to be somebody that you can say time out guys let's reassess you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong. Let's get back in the ring and talk about it. But because I was going on my own, there was always somebody waiting at home, not intentionally, of course, but in just in the analogy of the situation, there was always somebody waiting at home, angry with their gloves and waiting for me while I'm coming back unguarded, unprotected, and ready to like ap approach things at ease. So it was never like an alleviation of the moment because somebody, there was always tension I walked back into. So that 
continued with the flow of the energy in the house in that space and it was just like okay well i guess this is how it's gonna be and i couldn't run i had to be a wife i had to show up and i was like okay well i guess we're closing the chapter in this marriage now yeah wow so that is a lot there thank you again yeah you know it can't be um it is one of those things again like we're creating that safe space because these are the com the tough conversations that we have to have with ourselves you know as we reflect and heal and move forward you know for the better you know yeah. for the better yeah mm -hmm. yes. And so, go ahead. <laughs> go you go ahead. You might have the right question. No, I was just moving on, but um you know, for me when it comes to how we quantify or essentially define quality time in the healing process, you know, as we're seeking that support and as we're going through these different stages of grief and just letting our body get back to normal, there really is no time so the time aspect of it really doesn't matter. Um, I would say that every person, again, heals on their own time. But to, but to emphasize that you should not give yourself a timeline. And don't feel bad because even though for me it's been a year and a half, but I'm still healing. There are times where... I'm feeling good and I'm like, yeah, I want to go out and have fun and do all these things. And there are still times where I'm like, no, I don't want to go out. I just want to be to myself or I've had a flashback or something I watched on the television or something I watched or listened to in the music or something I listened to in a podcast or something, something I saw out when I was working out or something triggered me. And now I'm having these flashbacks and, and emotions again. It's going to keep happening. And again, it's part of that acceptance too, like accepting that those triggers are still going to come to you. But there really is no time because again, especially if you've experienced something as traumatic, like as you should know, like being in that marriage for seven years. And for me, just being completely blindsided, like that will take a lot of time for our bodies to get back to normal. Definitely. Not that I would like to we we are downplaying the impact of these relationships in our life it yeah that's all <laughs> yeah it is a lot it yeah. is a lot and that's why i want to emphasize please take your time it is so it is so much like you're you there's just so much going on in your body so much going on in your mind so much that you really need to take that time because again it is going to fester if you don't and as chanel mentioned in our previous episode you cannot just sweep things under the rug this experience that you're going through you cannot sweep it under the rug i don't encourage anyone to do that because it's gonna just manifest in other areas of your life that you don't want it to manifest especially when you you just it's something you can't even control you know like you don't want this to affect your work. You don't want this to affect your relationship to your family and your friends. Like you don't, if you really want to move on and it's your heart's desire to, you know, get into that next healthy relationship, to work on yourself, to be married and have all this stuff, you need to be the person 
that you are praying for, you need to become that person first. And so that means really, really getting deep into these traumas and to this experience that you've gone through. And that's when I mention quality in during this time. Yes, I say take your time, but that doesn't mean sitting on the couch all day, every day. There are times where it is okay to do that. Yes, let yourself feel, cry, eat your favorite ice cream, whatever, indulge, do whatever you need to do. But you do have to continue to work on yourself. You do have to continue to um, seek that help, seek that support, continue to go to therapy, continue to journal, continue to read books, gain knowledge about what it is that you're, the type of heartbreak you're going through, learn about your attachment styles, like learn about your, the attachment style of your ex, like learn about that dynamic, like what was it, learn those traits, those attributes that contributed to the nature of your relationship because it's going to give you even more knowledge and insight into your relationship for you to be like oh okay that makes sense oh okay that makes sense oh, okay I, I know what I did I know you know this is where I, I played my part again not saying that you are to blame or no one is to blame and no one deserves to be treated in the way that you have but again it's still bringing that self-awareness back and even that also helps bring comfort to you because again it's like the more you continue to allow yourself to feel the more you continue to take care of yourself to eat healthy to just treat yourself like a baby what do you need like just cater to yourself be kind to yourself the more that you will bring more comfort and it will also help you process your emotions too and it will be a season that you get past like I don't think I'm past it entirely, but three years is quite mature for a situation like that. Ashley is still like coming to a little bit of the tail end of it, having been through that a year and a half ago. Can we touch on where we are now? Yeah. Where are you now? Where is your heart? My heart goes back and forth. <laughs> As I mentioned earlier, there are... It's like a pendulum trying to find its stable point. It is a pendulum. Um... There are days, and I told Chanel so many times, I don't know if I'm going to date again. I don't know. I can't do it. I, can't, I want her to. It. We should do a vote on this. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do it. I feel you, love. It I is hard. Which is so funny. Like, I was excited to date again. <laughs> the reason why... So, <laughs> you can see my emotions. I'm like... <laughs> so, it wasn't... Okay. I spent so many times and moments catching glimpses of the vision i wanted of a happy relationship looking at other people that i met through him acquaintances and just assuming their happy married life was what i was seeing i wanted to just be happy with him at the time like why can't we be this happy and then when it was understanding that this has an expiration was me being in anticipatory excitement of that is going to happen for me one day like i wanted to feel what it was like to date in a healthy way somebody to love me somebody to love me yeah yes yeah, so it wasn't like i was looking excited <laughs> It wasn't like I was looking for, you know, just to get out there and to start dating. But it was my own absence of lack of worth and devaluation from that. It was wanting somebody to help rebuild me, 
rebuild that character and to see me too because I felt for so many years just unseen and unworthy so I wanted somebody to the question of me why me and I wanted to have somebody confirm what I was thinking like I'm good like was he right was he right to treat me that way because I was such a bad person that I deserved it so it was I wanted to date again for me to have valid an unhealthy validation but then what that taught me when I decided to walk away from that relationship importantly I don't need a man to validate me yeah I think when I <laughs> I mentioned that my you know my heart is right now is just on a pendulum because where I'm at right now my healing journey and how I am now I still feel those I feel like I'm still in the five stages of grief still my heart is still I'm juggling back and forth between like I'm part of my body I feel like is still in disbelief just a little bit just because of how I was just completely blindsided you know and still part I still find sometimes like every now and then part of me is just wondering you know where in the time this person had to do all these things you know and just given how a relationship was just progressing and you know coming to realize that it you know me again like I don't want to go make myself go down a rabbit hole of the what ifs and all that because I don't know and I don't really care to know at this point too so um again it's just like that disbelief of you know how did this person find this time to be with this other person in this way you know for so long um and me how did I not see anything you know and um being that my heart is on a pendulum because part of me even though it is my heart's desire like to be married and to find that person that God has for me um I am it is very much rooted in fear I have a lot of fear understandable yeah which I know it is very understandable because when you and it's weird I wish I there was like four things that I'm proud of myself because I forgot to mention this part too but I did journal about it this week and because um, I think I pulled a similar card, um, but it was in a word in a different way from the heartbreak card. But it was um, I wrote down that I'm proud of my I one of the things I appreciate about myself is my ability to love somebody because I didn't know that I could. And in that relationship, I just felt like I loved this person through their insecurities. I love this person through all of their flaws I felt like I was there and I was helping them grow as a person. Um, and for me to be able to do all of that, I just felt like I poured, you know, my heart and soul into this relationship, not to a point where I was losing myself, but to the point where I was like, okay, I'm with this person. You say we're doing this together. We're doing life together. And the way that our relationship was progressing from dating to then being engaged to making our first like home purchase and then preparing for marriage doing the premarital counseling um and me trying my best in that relationship to make god the center of it i really thought at the time doing what i all of that i knew and was seeking help and listening to um, different podcasts and talking to other married couples like how did you prepare yourself for marriage and I was really putting myself in that mindset similar to how you were as you were getting ready to marry like your ex-husband as well and for me to have done all of that it's just like um 
how can again like I asked myself some of those questions too like how can somebody treat me like that when this is all I did was love you I know that is all I did you know well they're so broken they yeah. cannot see that they are yeah. so accustomed to pain and suffering and all that they have felt and they've experienced they are passing that's the reflection of that internal aspect of them that's mm -hmm. that's how they were right that's it's, all we have to just conclude on that's how they were right and that's what i've made peace with now is like they were broken at that time to i mean i don't know in what ways but in some shape or form they were you know parts of their character and all that so for me where my heart is now is it is still rooted in a lot of fear and i'm continuing to pray continuing to work with my therapist on that because I am scared of opening myself up again to somebody and pouring my heart in it all and to love somebody else in that capacity that I did love the person I was with for that to for them to know because one thing I do know is I'm still working on getting to the point of knowing that loving someone is a risk. Yeah, and that is okay. You you need time, your heart needs time. For me, I would add that I am my heart is getting older my heart is getting more mature in the sense that no I don't want to flee anymore if there's somebody that I want in my life and I am valuing spending the time with them and we're growing intimately together I want to ensure that I am loving that person to the best of my ability I'm communicating with them better so my heart is getting more accustomed to that possibility and stick through the tough times and while I'm in the conversation with my therapist is okay that scenario came up like going back to that time how would I deal with it so preparing myself for that growth stage I'm not much better but I am much better in the sense that again I would not have grown this much if I had not gone through that and I'm you know, looking back, I say thank you, Lord, because I know that I said that in a previous episode, maybe the very first one. Like, he remembered me to say, like, soldier, you got this. He remembered my name. He remembered the test of the purpose of my life. Like, Chanel, this one is for you. Like, you're strong enough. You're ready for it. And I, if he had called me on the front line when he was picking up my name for this husband, I would have been like, I'm not ready, Lord. I'm not ready, but I loved him and I wanted to be there for him. And I did not know that he had his own suffering going through. But I do hope that somewhere, some time throughout that seven year, that I did something for him. I did something to him to transform his heart. Even though he wasn't able to give it to me, I'm okay with that. Because I know that I released him to be a better person for somebody else. I hope that I was chosen for this. I fulfilled my purpose to God in the essence that I might have given him a chance at a heart transformation. Like changing his habits towards how we treat women, to how we treat his own family. And bringing around what I was intended to. Like I hope I did not leave my job undone. That's my main thing. I did not want to leave my job undone. And speaking of closure, <laughs> you know, as the we want to talk about this idea of closure and learning from our experience and embracing our 
personal growth. And for me, in the beginning, you know, they say, oh, get closure, closure helps. You feel like I just need to talk to this person. I just want to understand, like, what was their mindset during this time? And there is nothing they can tell you that will make you feel better. I will just say that. Um, in fact, in my instance, it made me feel a lot worse because um, <laughs> all this, all this, or well, all some people may do in this instance whose characters are broken is they will try to point the finger back to you. Yeah. And that is what this person did. Um, there were several things that were brought up that um, kind of pointed the finger back at me when an instinct, it, um, that was not the case and it shouldn't have been the case. And it kind of grew that fear inside of me more just because um, when you are, for example, um, when you are planning a Nigerian wedding, especially for me being the firstborn daughter, like that is a huge like celebration for your family and everyone wants an opinion on how the wedding should be. Everyone wants an opinion on it should be this way, it should be that way. Um, it's not proper if you do this. You have to do things traditionally in this way. And, you know, it kind of gets to a point where the wedding is no longer about you and that person. <laughs> and that was so frustrating. And I just couldn't grasp my mind around that. And I just remember fighting with my parents like, this is not your wedding. <laughs> Especially like with my mom, like, this is not your wedding. This but was a proud not... moment of sending you off into the world. Right. Like, I understand that. But at the same time, it is not your wedding. Yeah, no, I, was like, you <laughs> I am the star of the show, <laughs> you know. But and to that, the amount of pressure that, you know, both sides of the family were putting on both me and uh, my last partner on planning this wedding put a lot of pressure on both of us because... They we would just feel like we were being pulled in so many ways, and the ways that we were trying to plan it and making it about us just didn't seem like it was making anyone happy about it, and it um, caused a lot of tension in like my family as well. Um, and you know, as an, an attempt to find closure during that time, it was brought up that the pressures from my family were the reasons why he were was the reason why for everything and to me i did not believe that that was fair and understanding now that that was not fair for someone like for someone to say knowing that they were being um you know deceitful to you and knowing what the, exactly what they were doing um to you and not thinking about the pain that it would cause so um i do want to say that to say that um closure is not needed the closure is you moving on and walking away. That is the closure. And you seeking answers, even though I know, trust me, I know you want to just find out all the answers. It does not help. I highly and strongly recommend going complete cold turkey unless, you know, again, this is on a case-by-case -case basis. If you have children with this person, that obviously can't be the case and all that but for those of you that were you if there is a possibility for you to limit contact to the point where there is no contact please do so because you're such in a fragile place where there is no need for you to reach out to someone that caused you so much pain especially if they are unable to take accountability of their actions they're just going to put the blame on you 
and that's not going to help you in your healing journey because then you're going to continue to manifest those negative thoughts you're going to continue to think that everything that happened was your fault when it's not the case because only a mature person would find the courage to come to you and end the relationship before doing something that would intentionally hurt you they these individuals don't think about you it's about themselves one rescuing themselves fulfilling their own purposes their own goals for their lives and you will never get that because you got to find out on your own time as ashley mentioned earlier it's about doing the work in quality quantitative ways because you have to ensure that it is serving you you're not going to be doing the work for somebody else like thinking of the what ifs you have to think of what do you want moving forward what did that teach you what are you learning from it how are you looking forward to the next phase of our life what you what you're most looking forward to um, what actions can you take towards those goals as you discover what do I want to encounter next? And for me, I did not even have my mind go there. I knew that I had to, I had to move on. I had to move out. I had to move on. I literally wanted to run back home and hibernate. I wanted to run back home. I wanted to be at home with my family, but I had a responsibility here for my clientele and for my community and for where my life was at that time at that time i am now it is now seven eight years since i've been away from home this is not my life here i can't what am i running back to dominica for i don't have that community anymore my mom is fast my siblings are there yes my college friends and have now migrated overseas so there wasn't anything i could run back to and i wasn't going to run away because i felt like that was given them what they wanted they felt like i would be weak i would not succeed and i was going to in a sense show them i can do this i'm not some the young 22 year old girl that you married and felt like because you had more life experiences you knew better and you knew more and only god looks out god looks out only for you and not her i was going to show up despite the pain i remember earlier you said that you showed up to work and sometimes you just zone out because you're just so fixated on that problem you cannot you you know you have responsibilities to fulfill life has to go on but you're fixated on that so one thing that definitely helped me was envisioning that time of my life where i would be free of that pain and just knowing that there is something beautiful that awaits me and i have to fight for it if i really want it i have to put in the work try to prepare me for that future chanel that i have been waiting for and i've been expecting and my current goals for where i am in that healing journey in my own healing journey is to continue to gain more knowledge about what does love really look like you know what does love look like from a man what how do you learn to trust again and to build those like building blocks to be able to trust people again and to be able to love again like what does that look like especially coming after something traumatic is there so maybe listening or reading other memoirs of other people that have experienced not necessarily the same traumatic experiences as heartbreak but maybe other like traumatic experiences or how they overcome hardship and how they persevered through that and began to like move forward in their lives and maybe that might inspire me to you know again like let go some of those fears 
Yes, it is so important to align yourself with that vision that you want for yourself and taking the steps to put in the work. So as we conclude yet another Compassionate Conversation episode, we're going to take two more cards from the deck and answer and journal about it um, for the week. Okay, my card reads... Were you most attracted to their potential or who they really were? Explain. Definitely his potential. He was a really hard worker. That is something that I admire, how they tackled things, they approached it, accomplished it for their professional life. Huh? Let me be more specific because that wasn't for our marriage at all. Let's see, my turn. Let's see. What would feel best to fully accept in this current moment? I think it would... It would be best to just accept that we truly were, were not compatible in any way. And I think that... I possibly, and I think about this sometimes too, um, you know, I know, I don't know where his mind was at, but um, possibly it was something that was um, brought, this, the relationship was brought into my life to, to test me and to break me down to, for me to get to a point where I will be closer to God as well. Um, and that it was meant to break me down so that I can learn and really go through the process of what it really means to love yourself, what it, what it really means to have that confidence in yourself and know your self-worth. And that this relationship taught me that. And it came to try to take that away from me, but it didn't actually. <laughs> um, like Chanel mentioned, like we're both still standing here. So I fully accepted that that's what this relationship came and and taught me and that it makes it gives me peace of mind to know that and to know that we just weren't and also you know continuing to accept the ending of that and that and the fact that um, I have moved on and I'm doing my own personal work and wishing that person the best and hope that he finds whatever he's looking for I love that concluding note because that was one of the reasons we started our podcast was just to cater to that community voice that needs to be heard. And we would like to encourage our listeners to think of the work that you need to do, for sure, that you, the season in your life that's testing you, whether it is the loss of a loved one, the heartbreak of a fiancé or romantic partner, a divorce these are going to be very testing times in your life and you just have to ensure that you want to come out on the other side in protection of your sanity in protection of your self-worth in protection of who you are meant to be and i would just like to emphasize hope and the possibility of finding love and happiness after a heartbreak we are taking our time we have taken our time but it's something that we look forward to actually scary looks forward to one day somehow the work is going to get you back ready for that again 
And I'm proud of you for thinking about it. I'm proud of you for journaling about it. I'm proud of you for putting it on your vision board and making that be your goal. How about that be your goal for your 2024? Let that be your goal for you to focus on you, your heart, your care, and just become a better person for how you show up for everybody who benefits in your life. Chanel said it best, y'all. I'm leaving it on that note. Let 2024 be the year of you where you are continuing or starting to do the work. You're finding yourself, you're becoming the king and queens that you all are. And we want to thank you so much for listening to this compassionate episode. Thank you for being vulnerable with us. We encourage you all to Again, as Chanel said, reflect on your own relationships, your own heartbreaks, and really do the work. There is work to be done. We would like to also thank you all again for bearing with us. I know these episodes are super long, but we love you all. And we encourage you all to send us a message on our social media. We are on Instagram at soothingh.e.r. We are also on Twitter. Email us at soothingher at gmail.com. Please share your stories. If you have any advice on how to heal from heartbreak, what other resources we used, or if you just have any general questions that you are struggling with and just need some advice on, we would love to read your stories and help you all. Again, continue the conversation, continue to spread the word of the work that we all need to do within ourselves. So we love you all and thank you again for tuning in to this episode. Thank you so much for your listening ear. Talk soon.